And I was like, oh my God, I'm always looking on someone like this as an inspiring person. And now they're looking at me to inspire them and give them some help and courage and push to do good. Move over, baby boomers. It's time for Gen XYZ. It's time to stop waiting on the world to change. It's time to be the change. It's time to stop thinking about how your life can be better. It's time to start taking action, massive action to improve your life. Join Zach Winner and Mark Adair Rios every week as we learn how others had the grit, determination, and conviction to 10x their lives, and as we explore ways that can help you 10x your life. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 10x for Gen XYZ podcast. I'm Zach Winner. And I'm Mark Adair Rios. And today as our guest, we have Lana Ivanov. I'm sorry, Lana Ivanov. She's an entrepreneur and owner of several businesses. She's a business coach. She's also a published author. Lana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Hi, yeah, Lana. we're really glad you're, you're, uh, you've joined us. You know, I'd love to take a step back and talk. You're an immigrant from Russia, first generation. Maybe we could start by talking about your experience coming over here and what you did when you first got here and how you built up your career. Yeah, well, now looking back, sometimes it feels like I'm like reading somebody's book because so much life happened in the way and like where we were before when we just arrived to United States and where are we now? It's like a whole different life. So I came to United States in 1999. Um, Well, it was kind of a rough beginning, of course. (laughs) Uh, but we came here with the hope for American dream and shortly realized that um, you actually have to go get that American dream. Nobody's going <laughs> to hand it to you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, lots of work, lots of bills. We have to learn everything, the whole system, American system, how to survive first. And mm-hmm. like, what does it take? to make money? What, what do I need to do to make something from with my life here? Um, I didn't speak any word of English when we came here. I just knew my name is Lana. I don't speak English and F word, of course, like that is like, you don't have to memorize. (laughs) Did you have family here? Uh, I came because I came to America because I got married uh, and his family was immigrating at the time. So I was kind of just like a package to go. Mm. So was with his family. Uh, I was here by myself. We just newly married with a nine month year old baby and $500 in our pocket. So that's wow. how we ended up here in Massachusetts. Um, we came to Massachusetts because we were belonged to church. Uh, that was our sponsor. And like, that was the location, how we ended up in Massachusetts. So first, shortly after, of course, uh, bills are keep coming and I'm like, oh, like it's month to month. What do we do? And so we need to start working without education or even speaking English there's only a few options work in a factory uh, and that's how we started my first factory was uh, Milton Bradley now it's called Hasbro where they're mm-hmm. making toys like all the Monopoly Binopoly all this uh, um, place basically mm-hmm. like toy factory and standing from 
eight to 10 hours in like a huge conveyors and putting different parts of the toys in the box. And that's what you do all day. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, lifting these bags in the cart. It was like a very long, heavy, it's a heavy labor. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, of course, as much as fun, but back then it was like $7 an hour. I thought, like I'm a millionaire. Oh my God, $7 an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But every Friday I would go pick up my paycheck. I was so jealous of the office ladies. And I like sitting, thinking to myself, I'm like, if I can just learn how to speak English, like I can have a better job, you know, working in the office Back then, my dream, I thought like working in a corporate office, like have a nice job, wear a nice suit, be important, do some kind of a paperwork. That's like, then that, then it would be my American dream. That's what I thought. So finally, um, a couple of years later, I, uh, I got pregnant with my second child. I was home for about a year. And after I'm like, okay, I need to do something. I'm, I don't want to go back to the factory. I think I'm going to go to college finally. So I need to do something. That's when I start my college. And I starting from the ground zero, like, like a first grade, start learning how to like English, first level, second level, like completely from like a first grade. Finished the uh, English that normally takes about two years to graduate from like uh, uh, English as a second language. Uh, and then you decide what your profession is going to be. So, of course, I'm like, I want to work in office. So I want a business degree. Hmm. So I went for another two years, got my business degree. And here I am. I got hired into a big corporate office called Mass Mutual Insurance Company. Mm-hmm. So first year, I did not feel the ground. I I was flying. I was so happy and like learning stuff. It was like exciting. And, you know, I love what I do. But shortly after, year by year, I kind of start losing that fire in my eyes. It started becoming kind of like boring to me. Um, always office drama, always something going on. Um to move in a company was very, very hard. Uh, you have to know someone to move higher or you have to go for like a master's degree or more education. So I kind of, uh, I lost my interest and like, it's not exactly what I thought it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm more like a people person. I like working with people, hands-on, interact and sitting in the office behind the cubicle. That wasn't kind of like, I felt like my life going like past me and I'm just wasting my my time Mm. but I didn't know what else I want to do so I'm searching through like internet different jobs colleges like professions there must be something out there Um, and I decide to go visit a counselor in one of the colleges just you know get an idea of what's out there and speaking to her she started asking me questions like why you don't want to work there, like, or what you don't like about it, like more about my personality. Mm -hmm. And she said, like, have you ever thought about become a doctor? I'm like, oh my God, doctor. That's like another 10 years in college. I don't think I can do that. So she's like, well, you already have your prerequisites. You have already like, you know, your associates. Why don't you go for nursing? It's two years and you can, you, you get your nursing. I'm like, am I going to be sitting on a computer all day? She's like, oh, no, you'll be running around, honey. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, I'll take it. That sounds exciting uh, for me. 
So graduate my nursing and I got hired at the big hospital first for a year. I was at the hospital, hospital working, and then I transferred working to private office and I loved it. It was a really good job Uh, until one day. It was Friday night. Um, I scheduled to get my facial done. So it's my time to go and get relaxed and just, you know, have my mind away from everything. And the woman that I used to go get my facials, I knew her very well. So I was her regular client. And as I'm getting a facial done, she's working on me and she keeps complaining and complaining how she's exhausted and her hands uh, hurts. And she, she was older lady. She's trying to retire and she's looking to sell her business. Um, and I just got so annoyed with her complaining. So I just kind of like sleep it out there. I'm like, well, maybe I should have your problems. Like I would love to work like this, you know, have your own <laughs> business, do some beauty. Like maybe I should buy it from you. And she's like, oh my God, Lana, actually, that's a good idea. You'll be so good in this. You'll be doing all the beauties. You'll have all the, you know, access to it. And she just keeps like piling up. At first I was like, my God, I already went to college. I already have all these degrees. I think I developed allergy for college. I can imagine start something again. It's like, I'm exhausted. I already have a job. I can't imagine starting again. But she keeps talking to me and like, she's like a good salesperson, you know? Uh, kind of exciting more and more and my brain already kind of like activating and I was like I already have like that maybe circle going on Mm -hmm. so uh, that was Friday night I get home I didn't tell anything to my husband I was just like let me sleep on it but it's a crazy idea no no like I can't even imagine but okay let me think about I couldn't fall asleep I was thinking about it all the I'm like Googling, searching, Facebook, like all of the like, you know, such a like, it's a crazy opportunity. But uh, in the morning, I wake up, we're having breakfast and I'm telling my husband, I think I want to become an esthetician. You want to become who? S who? who? <laughs> He's like, hon, I, uh, you, uh, you have like midlife crisis or something like wh- you just went to college and cried every night, keep passing all these exams and stuff. And you want to quit this? Want to do something else again? Like, where are you going to be in college for the rest of your life and changing jobs? I'm like, I know, but this is not a job. This is like, this is different. It's not like I'm just going to go get some kind of another degree and work for somebody else. It's me. It's like, it's a, it's a whole different opportunity. So I start explaining to him about the skincare and facials but 12 years ago skincare and that industry was not popular at all people thought you know getting facials it's only for rich people once a year some kind of a relaxational thing so nobody really was doing that um so my husband is like might as well go become a hairdresser people at least need to cut their hair once a month who needs that like how are you planning to make money and I'm like, I don't know, but I'm sure, you know, when you love something, what do you do? It, it comes with it. I didn't really think about the money part. Hmm. It, uh, it didn't even register to me, uh, be honest. I just, it, for me, that was excitement to do something that I really love to do. So I drag him to see that place and uh, like, let's go check it out. Like, at least you have an idea what it is. So that was Saturday. 
And um, of course, I make a huge hole in his hand uh, head until the Sunday. And guess what? That's like the most craziest and spontaneous decision of my life. We bought the business on Monday. Wow. After like three days, that was like, who does this? Like literally, who does this? So we agreed with a woman who sold it to me because I know nothing about it. I literally just bought the business and I didn't even know nothing about the business. (laughs) So it's just excitement in my head what I'm going to do, but that's all I have. So she agreed to stay with me until, of course, I have to go back to uh, training and get my license. Uh, So she's going to stay with me and teach me and train me, but she doesn't want to run the business. There was like six employees in there. It's like a nice, cute salon type of thing. And, uh, but I have to go back to work and give him two weeks notice. Like it's a, you know, medical office. So I'm going to see my manager, give him them two weeks notice. I decide to go full time for a training and just be done with it very fast. And I'm like, uh, she's like, what, what happened? Where are you going? What, why? I'm like, I just opened a business. She's like, what business? You never talk about it. I'm like, I didn't know about it until last Friday. And she's like, are you crazy? <laughs> I'm like, probably, but um. If I if I'll think about it one more day, I'm gonna start take like talk myself out of it. I'm gonna start thinking, what if? What if it's not gonna work? How much money I'm gonna have to spend or do? And it's like you know how how we kill good ideas in our head ourselves if we think thinking too long. Mm-hmm. So that was. Uh, one of the best decisions that I've made. And I, that's how I started. <laughs> so in wow. the industry, that's um, incredible. of course, it wasn't just nice and smooth beginning. Um, I shortly realized that I have to build clientele because without clients, it's, I don't have a business and to build the clients, I have to provide them really good quality of services, mm-hmm. but I just graduated I only know like basics, fluff and buff, facials, and uh, to to learn more, I have to invest more into trainings, into skincare, uh, buy some devices. It, it was it was really challenging in the beginning. Beside me trying to pull this off and learn at the same time, um, and I have now six employees where I know nothing about running a business, <laughs> so, and. Um, so but let me ask you, just take a, let's pause here and just, let me ask you when, so you made a deal, you saw the bit, you had the offer from the, from the owner on Friday saying you should buy my business a Monday, you strike a deal. How did you guys figure out the valuation and how long did she stay on to help with the transition? That was the thing because um, she was only selling that business for $8,000. Wow. So take take over the lease, take over the employees. I just need eight grand. Just pay me for some of the furniture here. She left the machines. Uh, I probably, if I would sell those machines, it would be probably like, I don't know, at least 50,000, I can say roughly. So she just want to get out of the business. Give me some of the things uh, and I just want to go. Okay. So So let me ask you, what was it profitable when you took it over? No. Not at all, because the business, when you sell that kind of business, 
you don't buy clients. That was her clients that knows her. I'm the newbie, you know? So it's not like people just going to be like, oh, now I'm going to go to you. That was a very, very hard decision. And I didn't know about it. And so, so you and lost most of the client base. Yeah. And she didn't really explain that part to me. So I have to learn all the curves and bumps and struggles and you name it. Mm-hmm. So after a year and a half, I've closed that business because it was complete disaster. Wow. Okay. So what happened is I had no idea what I'm doing to begin with. And in this business, location of the business is very important. Mm-hmm. So the business, what I bought was cute, nice looking, uh, cute boutique kind of thing, but it was not in a good location. There was just like most of the immigrants, uh, they're like not people who can even afford the service. I don't want to say like a poor population, but you know, you know what I mean? Kind of that they don't, they're not looking for this kind of service. Different clientele. Yes. And that lady, she was older. She was charging back then $25 for a facial. So when I came, uh, I was doing some count. If I'm using a good products and I'm doing some of the devices, even that, I just need at least $50 to pay off the the cost. I'm not Mm -hmm. even talking about paying me for my time. So, of course, I raised the prices back then to $75. And uh, people thought I'm crazy, like from $25 to $75. So, a lot of people left. I have to some months punch up my jewelry uh, to pay the rent and the bills. So, that was my beginning. Wow. Uh, But I learned so much stuff, like everything about the business. I can't even tell you the experience I went through. Yeah. We call that a seminar in our business, right? You you got a seminar. Yeah. (laughs) So what happened is I, I kind of got discouraged. And then, of course, hearing from my husband, that was a crazy idea. I told you so. I just like, okay. Well, it is what it is. I took whatever happened um, and I decided to go back to the hospital, be like, well, I have my license. Let me just go back to the hospital. Mm-hmm. I already started applying. I even went for a couple interviews and then my when, mom was. Uh, sorry, let me ask here real quick, just so we have a timeline. Uh-huh. When, when you went back to the hospital, all this happened. Was this pre kind of crash, like 2008 crash? Or was this afterwards? Uh, When did I open the business? 12 years ago. So uh, 2000. No, no, 2000. 2000, Yeah, 2010. I mean, 2010. 2010. Okay, so after the crash. 2010. Okay. Even early, 2009. Yeah, 2009. So right right there. Yeah. Yeah. But when I started applying to the hospitals, my mom and my husband, they kind of like (sighs) talking through and they're like, all right, well, she already invests so much into it, already got the license. There must be something out there, like, you know, like where people work. Mm-hmm. Um, I And then they're like, okay, well, let's try one more time, maybe a different location, maybe something. Mm-hmm. And uh, that time I found a plastic surgeon, actually. And I was like, oh, that's right up to my valley. Um, I will be working in the hospital, like setting with the plastic surgeon, but doing my thing. Mm-hmm. And I got hired there. I was with him for almost five years. Nice. I was taking every possible advantage of going for more trainings and everything you can possibly imagine. 
I was buying my own technology, wasn't depending on the doctor. Uh, I never want to, I never want him to kind of like have some kind of like a thing over me. Like, like a leverage, you know? like a leverage yes. over you. So mm-hmm. everything mine is mine. So <laughs> mm-hmm. because in my head, I was always playing, thinking and planning one day I will go back on my own. So, mm-hmm. and I want to kind of have my own setup. So you, so, so you. So even though it was kind of a disaster for you, you had a taste, you had a taste of entrepreneurship. Yes. And once you taste that, that never goes away. That never goes away. Wow. And that kind of, and I, be honest, it took me a while to realize this because I never fit in, even when I was working before with the corporate world or a hospital as a nurse, I thought something wrong with me because I felt like. I never fit in. I want to have my ideas and I want to, I was making decisions, but then you, you know, you go stepping over the boss or have to ask permission. And it was like always bump to bump. And I thought like something wrong with me until I, I read the book or something. It's like, no, that's because you have that spirit as an entrepreneur. Like, you know, that. that's what you want to do. <laughs> so, yeah. I love that. And until I did open my own business, uh, of course, we have some challenges and, you know, it's not just sparkles and the million dollars right away. But when I opened my business in 2018, finally, again, that was amazing. I was fully ready. Um, I already have my built client base. And from there, it just took off. And um, now we like, uh, six, almost seven figure business, beautiful award winning business, full employees, and then um, I developed my own skincare line during COVID because wow. I have much more time available. Right. And little by little, other uh, spas and estheticians start asking me if they can use my products as well. At first, I kind of like, hmm, I wasn't really planning for it. I was just planning to sell it to my clients. Mm-hmm. But why not? Like other institutions can use it. So I saw another opportunity to supply doctors, plastic surgeons, spas, solo estheticians. And while I'm teaching them, questions starts popping up beside the skincare. Like, how do you doing this? How do you run the business? What system do you use? What do you, how do you build clientele? Like more about the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the beginning for probably a year, I was doing that for free. <laughs> I didn't even know that it's called coaching <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until I decide I was like searching for something and I'm like, Lana, you're doing coaching. That's the business coaching. I'm like, it is. I was just helping people, you know? So, um, went back for a training. I'm certified business coach now. So, and here I am, um, <laughs> all kinds fantastic. of fun things. I love other people like STT because it's a struggle for own the business and scale the business. Anybody can open a business. I did, but try to be successful and and scale the business. That's where mindset uh, games come in and skills and um, the systems, you know, so. This really crystallizes that whole idea. And Zach, you might be able to speak to this too, but this whole idea of, people who have professional degrees or licenses or stuff like that, they know the inside and out of their businesses, right? And that's their, their job, but they go out and they start their own practices or they start their own. um, Yeah. They start their own practices and the practice itself, the business side of things, they don't really learn that in their training. 
No, and, nobody teach you, nobody prepares you for yeah, it. Yeah. And back then, I wish I had someone like me to kind of like, you know, I wish I can hire somebody like a business coach, but it wasn't such a luxury back then. There was no coaches that I know of can actually help you who is in, in the industry and understand the process. I would probably save so much money yeah. and I would probably might not even close my first time business. <laughs> and uh, who knows how many mistakes I would skip. So do you, do you have a, like a, a, like a, a mastermind, a one-to-one coaching type of thing, or do you have like a full-on portal where people can go in and you've done videos kind of taking people through. So it's automated. Have you gotten that far um, yet? Both. So okay. I have my website where mm-hmm. I do trainings. I do one-on-one because every business is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for most part, I do one-on-one depending what that business need. However, I do have a training specifically train the techniques because I am not a regular business coach. We're just spending an hour on the phone talking through some things and then go try to implement it. Right. So I actually train the technique itself because I develop a skincare product and my own facial techniques mm-hmm. where I am booking clients now a year in advance. Wow. And um, I'm teaching other estheticians how to use that technique during a facial. So it's more effective. It's very advanced. Mm-hmm. It includes, uh, it involves a lot of different steps and technology, mm-hmm. but it works. It works like it's proof. It's proof. It works. Wow. So I teach the technique. I teach the business system. I do the master mindset for people because not everybody designed to be the entrepreneur or a business owner. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, just estheticians working for a business owner. Mm-hmm. And I have a couple doctors. They have a big spa with like five, six estheticians. And he's a doctor. Like I work with a doctor. He he doesn't know what estheticians do, even though people think, oh, Lana, you're working with a doctor. You're probably learning so much from him. I'm like, like what? Doing surgeries? <laughs> like, that's not my job. <laughs> you know what that's I mean? Awesome. Yeah. But people think because you're working with the doctor, you probably, you know, know everything. I'm like, no, we sometimes we don't even see each other. He's in one room and in another room. Yeah. So I was uh, going for trainings and doing my stuff and we come together as a partners and he will do surgery and I treat the skin. And it was like a perfect combo. Yeah. But a lot of that, uh, a lot of Places like, for example, doctors, they're busy. They're very busy. And he cannot just train his estheticians do great facials. It's not his thing. So that's where I come in. And I always start with the mindset. How do you run? You know, make sure everybody's running on the same level. There is no competition between of you. You all the same team because a lot of drama is still going on in offices. Mm -hmm. Um, And then teach the techniques. And I teach the doctor a system for the spas because that's what, you know, and it kind of comes together. Depends who needs what. And uh, what else? So it sounds like, just real quick, it sounds like you found a really, since you worked with a a plastic surgeon in particular, you know, it sounds like your knowledge of the systems and, and the business of the plastic surgery business you found a way to kind of couple connect it exactly yeah, in a it's way not that not just a lot of one thing can. or another thing. If right. I just teach the business systems and schedules and paperwork, 
that's great. Mm-hmm. But if the esthetician doesn't provide good services, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how many Google ads they're going to place and how yeah. many clients they're going to book. Clients going to come one time and get the facial and be like, that's awful service. I'm not yeah. going to come back. So, so are, you, are most of your coaching clients um, plastic surgeons who are looking to expand or improve upon their skincare component of their business? Not only. I have different. I have some solo institutions who is trying to uh, grow their business. Sometimes it's just one person. Like she opens up a business the way I did because so mm-hmm. many institutions get so excited right after a school and they're like, I want to have my own business. And I'm like, oh, honey, you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm like, it's a good idea, but hold up. So, but now it's more available to have a business coach who can give her those kind of a steps to, to take, right. and it's much easier right. uh, versus like 12 years ago Do or you- some businesses like plastic surgeons uh, or just a big spas with multiple people. I have few accounts with those who hires me. So it's all a little different. Yeah. Uh, Anybody who is in a beauty business on uh, beauty business uh, qualifies for that. I just had a weird, and it's getting into the weeds a little bit. But so, is part of the your training and and is it? Are you teaching that it it's you know fairly necessary for them to kind of team up with with a plastic surgeon in order to expand their base, or is that just one co- kind of component? And really, they can do it without having to. They don't have of, to have a doctor on staff. Yeah. So I teach some of the techniques, of course, if they want to buy certain like uh, more advanced lasers mm-hmm. uh, by the state board, they do need to have a doctor or a nurse practitioner on staff. Mm. And then I do help them to find one who they can partner up with. Right. Uh, but some cl- uh, spas, they not necessarily want to do medical uh, services, you know, yes. medical spa. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like whatever fits their dream, like what they want to do. So yeah. it's very, very adjustable who, what, what business needs. And, and do you feel like with the adding of your product line and maybe, maybe that come, came before, but do you feel like adding the product line kind of expanded just kind of the avenues for you to kind of grow? Like exponentially, it's just uh, give me more variety of work, which I love. Uh, Mm -hmm. I in the beginning, what even happened? I love skincare and I'm kind of like skincare junkie, whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I ended up having 13 skincare lines in my office during the time of 12 years. Do you mean SKUs or do you mean complete? No, skincare lines, whole different names, like a whole different lines. Wow. And because like I'll open a skincare line and it's like, they have like a good serums and maybe good moisturizers, but they don't have good cleansers or they don't have products to work with me, like masks, chemical peels. So, okay, now I have to look for some different skincare line to add that. And then other line will have good chemical peels, but they don't have masks. Mm-hmm. And then I'll add another one. And then somebody comes in, offer me like amazing PRP system, some ampules. I'll add that too. So it get to the point, it got to the point when it got so exhausted because every um, company, they have their ordering kind of like 
uh, numbers to run. So I have to order a certain amount of my uh, products to keep up with them. Mm. But it's become like a mess. I'm like, I, I'm not making any money. I still have some products because I have this and this and that. And it's just. It's like it's Amway. Become- yeah, when you, yeah. When you start Amway, you got to order all the products. Right. And it sits in your garage. <laughs> so I, um, I kind of my dream was to have to formulate my own products because I already have so much knowledge on ingredients and formulas, and I was already tweaking and mixing myself. But it, you know, it's a very expensive and time-consuming thing to do. So I researched through the companies, through like different labs, how much does it even cost? Mm -hmm. And prices was like ridiculous, like minimum to start like Mm $100,000, minimum 70, minimum, I think found the cheapest one was like 50,000. And it's just to start. So when you say say start, you mean just to start like one or two products, like mixing maybe just a serum and moisturizer. And that's like- I'm sorry to interrupt, but is, is that the period to start working with them to do the mixing and end up with an end product? Or is that yes. just to, to do the experiment? Depends part? on the formula, depends how many right. ingredients I right. want to put in there. Right. So right. if I want to create a moisturizer with them, depending which moisturizer, what goes in there, they all have limits. If you want to start working with us, this is our minimum. That's what you have to require to put it in first. Right. So I kind of like put that in the back uh, burner, like, okay, that's my dream. But uh, for now, it's impossible. And maybe a year later, COVID hits. Mm-hmm. So I was home. We know we all got locked down. Everybody's going crazy. What's going on? And one of the labs actually called me back. And they're like, Lana, uh, so we have this deal going on. We have uh <laughs> sure you do. Deal. <laughs> uh-huh. I know. I was like, okay, what is it? And they're like, well, we have only a couple part-time chemists and they um switching shifts and stuff. So because of course they're losing money, everything's locked down and they need to keep up with something. They're like, How much money do you have? What can you start with? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? How much money do I have? Like right now, I don't have anything. It's like, and I don't even know how long I have my saving because we don't know when we're going back. Right, right. So I was like, maybe, maybe like, let's see, $10,000. That's like the best I can give you. Done, deal, let's start. I'm like, really? So that's kind of like COVID was my blessing. Um, And I started working with them and, I had plenty of time during the day because they located in California and mm-hmm. I'm in Massachusetts. So mm-hmm. we were on Zoom, mixing, talking. They, uh, I was like in a candy cane world. Like they educating me which ingredient goes with what, what's the consistency, what do you want to do to tweak it? Oh my That's God, amazing. that was like amazing time. Yeah. Were they overnighting samples to you? Yes, they will send it to me. I'll feel it if I like it. Uh, we'll talk about the come like a texture, the smell, the color, everything. <laughs> so, and if I like it, we can we putting patent on it. And if I kind of like, huh, not sure. I put like my whole household, my husband, my kids, my mom. Everybody was with those creams, trying, <laughs> try. You know, <laughs> it was fun. Your husband's uh, like, I, I, I'm always smelling like roses. What's going on? Right. <laughs> and uh, so, that's how so- I started. 
I had a question about this. I've always wondered about this. So, and you hear about this in, with, with kind of shady overseas operations, but uh, did you have to go through any kind of, um, I guess, non-circumvent or anything like that to kind of protect if you end up with a patentable kind of um, uh, product? Like, how do you know to tr- which chemist and which lab to trust, I guess is... Is well, like, how do you do that? Um, that was, yes, that was a good question. So when I started searching for them, of course, would be amazing if I, uh, I wish to create product in France, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it was, it wasn't possible. Like it was like, it's, it's a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. So I have a friend who used to work uh, for a plastic surgeon, uh, not a plastic surgeon for the uh, Dr. Obaji. Like she was one of my reps who used to supply me with the products. And then she, uh, I don't know, she quit, retired, and she left the company. And she became her own um, a business kind of a coach, but specifically working with the labs. Mm-hmm. So she knew this company very well when we kind of talk about it. And she is like, I know this lab. Why don't you check with them? So, and she, she knew them personally because she mm-hmm. lived in California at that time and she helped other estheticians to create their skincare Great. lines as well. So there was, so, there was a little, yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. because of that connection and I trusted her, we have a long relationship and mm-hmm. it helped me so much. I kind of picked them mm-hmm. and uh, it's because their ingredients where they're getting ingredients, it's like it's already patent, it's already uh, approved, it's FDA approved. Like I don't have to do any of that to get mm-hmm. like bunch of approvals. It was much easier process. And uh, the chemist was so knowledgeable. All I need to do is discuss the, the chemistry, what exactly I want to do. And uh, the process was very easy, actually. Um, so so now, I, and I've heard this story before, just in terms of like kind of a roll up of, of creating your own line. I've also heard stories of um, maybe they're estheticians, but maybe not um, of, of being able to take a product, say like yours and white labeling it or licensing it, putting in slapping a new brand, but the underlying thing is your own formula. There, that's called private label. Private label. Yep. Now, for somebody who's starting out, maybe they they have some experience working with clients and their esthetician. Would you say it's worth it to go your route and go and try to find a patentable product line, or or private or doing private label to kind of save money and and. Like well, a- uh, do the private label. Uh, it's kind of um, it's not as expensive. Mm-hmm. And of course, it depends with which company. Uh, but the thing is, it's like you, you're only choosing what the company have. Like it's already pre-made products. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, but it's not yours. You didn't formulate it. So right. if somebody doesn't mind this, that's much, much cheaper. They don't have to go through all these hoops and, you know, approvals and stuff like that. They can get just a couple things and just start it out. Right. Um, that's a possibility. Yeah. But if somebody really like me, I want to have like my own formula because I know the ingredients. I already worked with so many different skincare lines and I wanted something really effective, more on the medical grade, but Mm -hmm. same time clean without preservatives and toxins and um, 
Yeah, because there could no be a reactions. chance. Yes. There could be a chance with the private label that it's just like some of the other lines that you try exactly. that make people break out exactly. or is irritating or whatever, right? So, yes. in, in having not tried it out on your clientele, you're taking that chance. You're taking that chance, yeah. and that's one of the one of the reasons why I wanted to create my skincare line because I'll open a line with another company. I'll start the product. It sounds all very good. The product is good. All, all I have, but I never know until I start working with my clients and until my clients using it. Mm-hmm. And how many times I will start have returns, people coming back. Uh, I have breakouts. I have rosacea. I have sensitivity. I have something mm-hmm. else. Uh, I don't like the smell. And when the people start returning, if there is like one or two returns, that's okay. Possible mm-hmm. happen. Possibility mm-hmm. happen. But if I start having this on weekly basis, yeah. like what am I, what, what's going on? So how did so, you test your line? Did you have a full on testing period? Did you, yes, did you well, gather they some do people testing up? in the lab already so mm-hmm. much? They do the reports to me. They do have actually people that they testing on it as well. Mm-hmm. And then they will send it to me where I have a chance to test it myself and friends, family, some of my close clients who was like, yes, let me try it. Mm-hmm. So it was a process. Uh, but so far in four years, I have two returns. Wow. And because the bottle malfunctioned, not because the product didn't work. <laughs> so one was cap was broken, didn't pump. And second one, something too didn't come out. Uh, but I never have any returns. And now is great. that now now I, I love that and that's a fantastic thing. But as a counterpoint, is that a is that an anomaly? Like would you expect to have more than that, like per year, people coming back to you? Because that normally, seems like a perfect world, right? Yeah, normally it should be. It mm-hmm. should be. Because some people like might be like, I have no perfumes uh, in my products. I have like uh, nothing harsh can possibly be like, and I do a very thorough consultation with my clients when like any allerg- allergies to fruits and enzymes or certain smells. So, but so far... I don't have anything that people come in and be like, sorry, that didn't work. That made me break out or Mm -hmm. something, you know, like that I have to actually fix it or exchange Mm it. That's fantastic. Um, So far, like I didn't have anything unless it's something wrong with the bottle, which, you know, that's what happens. Yeah. Are you just selling it at at your personal um spa or are you selling it online as well or at other we do we have a website where i sell it online um and of course i sell it in my spa and i also supply other spas where they sell it in their locations Mm -hmm. i don't let them to sell online so it doesn't get crazy competition so i try to stay exclusive so that way it's very good for the spa their clients only can go and buy it from them Mm-hmm. And my clients can only come and buy it from me. Mm-hmm. Like I did have many time offers to go and put my products on Amazon and yeah. I would probably make tons of money out of it. But when you go medical grade and professional, I have to choose either I'm staying professional or I'm going public into Amazon and I supply the public completely. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask is if it's a, you know, if, if it's a major source of your your income, or if it's a big piece, but not, not so important that you need to lean all the way into it to make it 
Huge. Yeah, no, right. it, it, it was time, of course, to grow, but um, I just have to, because, because I'm supplying spas and estheticians, I also create products to work with. I have multiple chemical peels, masks. Those things are not for sale. It's only for professionals to work in the treatment room. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is retail products that they sell into customers to go home with to maintain the skin. Uh, yes, and that was my thing in the beginning. Who who is my ideal clients? Do I supply the public? But even if I put my product on Amazon, that will take my reputation down completely because I'm a professional, licensed professional, and my products is medical grade with very strong ingredients that only uh, spas can license estheticians can sell it. Right, and so I'm keeping this way. I see. So you're incredibly entrepreneurial, Lana. Have you've got the the skincare line, the coaching, your spa? Have you thought about um, expanding the spa to have multiple locations? Um, I did have that idea maybe like a couple years ago, but running a spa and be behind the bed it's very very hard. It's a labor. So the minute I got the taste of teaching and coaching, mm-hmm. that kind of changed my mm. retirement plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I am more expanding and leaning into teaching and coaching because for me, it's more time freedom, more lifestyle. Um, I can spend more time with my family because mm-hmm. before I used to work five, six days a week, 10 hours a day. I would right. start at nine. I would get home at eight o'clock and Mama's always working. Mama's growing the business. Mama's going on the training. Mama needs to have clients, clients late. And it's like, when is it gonna? That's the life. Yeah. Yes, I know. So, but I love what I do, but now I only work three days a week and I have more employees where I teach them and coach them myself. So I'm expanding this way where I have employees working. Perfect. I have my exclusive clientele come see me. And I'm moving and building my coaching business. That's where I want to, that's what I see myself in a couple of years doing it more full time. You know, it's very interesting. And this is kind of a side thing. It's not really a suggestion, but this also kind of applies to other businesses is I can see some scenarios, maybe in this situation or others where somebody with a coaching business like yours trains solopreneur estheticians, right. To do to mm-hmm. your coaching, their businesses, but also there, there also could be a franchise kind of aspect of it too, where you're, you're training the okay. ones that want to come into your systems under a franchise umbrella to specifically run those locations, like you say, Zach. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, it, it's a full on system kind of coordinated system that feeds into... I, I would love to do that, but I know nothing about it. I've been no, I, yeah. offered a couple times. Like, have you ever thought about franchising? And I'm like, I kind of never put my energy to learn more about it. I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, but uh, maybe I'm always open. Oh, yeah. That's that's where I am today. I'm open for options. I'm always something, you know, I like to experiment and who sure. knows what happens. Do you, Um. so, okay, so. Man, you're totally right. You know, such a whirlwind in such an amazing 20 some odd years. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if kind of looking back from when you first got here, you were talking mm-hmm. about the American dream. Like as you sit now, if you look around kind of at the, the crazy landscape that you've kind of created for yourself, which is all good. 
would you say that you've at least kind of had glimmers of it or you've achieved it in some way since the very beginning, even well, after all this time? I know. Um, I just have a podcast a few weeks ago, actually specifically talking about American dream. Like, what does it take people? You know, it's a whole podcast about it. Mm -hmm. And um, the host introduced me kind of like, this is Lana who lives her American dream. And you know what? I'm sitting and thinking, I'm like, I kind of never thought about it, like really to actually like say it out loud. But you know how we humans, we always like, we want more and more and more, like, especially in business. And then we need to kind of like, I'm learning to be grateful and, and, and thankful for what I have. And sometimes I probably don't give enough myself a credit for what I already achieved in my past, like 25 years here. Mm -hmm. um, I just turned 42 and uh, my plan was back a couple years ago. Um, I mean, since I was 30, my father always say, until 40, if you don't have a business, the more, more, much, you know, most likely you're not going to build a business. If you didn't get married until 40, you're not going to have a family. Right. You didn't do this till 40. So it's kind of like stuck in my mind. I'm like, right. I'm running out of time. Like right. I'm going to be 40. And uh, when I actually turned 40, that was like the worst birthday of my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm like, what the hey, hell is this? Wait till you hurt it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was like, what the, now what? He never prepared me what to do after 40. Like, I always have that kind of like a chasing thing, you know? And now what? So, like, I was probably confused and depressed and sad and crying. My husband is like, midlife crisis starts at 50. This is 40. Like, what's going on with you, you know? And uh, I felt I was thinking about describing how I feel for a long time. And I don't know if that's a wrong way to say, but I felt like I am expired. Oh. Like, hmm. even though it's so funny when I hear older people, I say this, they like, oh my God, you're still a baby. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. but then younger people, I'm like, I'm 40. And they're like, oh, but you still look good. I'm like, I'm not 70. I'm 40. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> So it's kind of well, just depends which side. Listen, always always be prepared to move that bar and just realize right? that that when people like our parents, they they say things like that, it's coming from a perspective of there was a certain time frame that you're expected to kind of live. And in my opinion, every day, every year that we live, actually that is extending, right? And so for right. some people that are older than us, they only expected to live to 72. Well, guess what? We're probably going to live to be 85, 90, whether we like yeah. it or not. And that's just because of, you know, technology and healthcare and all of that. The things that you're doing that keep people feeling better more younger, longer. for sure. Absolutely. And my husband said, uh, like, have you ever thought about like you work so much and you did all this stuff and hurry up and rush and do stuff? Have you ever thought about actually like slow down and enjoy what you've built? And I was like, I never thought about it. Like, like I literally never thought about it. It's like one thing after another, what's next? I need to do this and that. So I guess if that's what American dream is, so be it. Like, I love where I am with my life, with my mental uh, health and what I'm making now, where my kids stand now. Um, so 
And that, do you teach I your guess clients? I hate it. So that's like that's 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 American dream when you love what you do and where you are. So I wish so much to this to other people to have that. I love it. But it takes courage to do that. It's like mm-hmm. you can't just sit still and and you know work in a factory or just corporate world from nine to five and expect that things will just come to your way. Like you have to work this up, you know. So. Sure. And that's what I teach estheticians who actually opening their first business, but they're not doing anything. Like I even now while coaching, meeting estheticians who's been in business for five, six, seven years, and they barely have handful of clients that following them. And I'm like, what you've been doing for five years? Like literally, like, what were you doing? You have to move forward and do stuff to, you know, be successful. Otherwise that's not going to happen. And and I think that also when we talk about the American dream, especially for someone, an immigrant who's come here and actually has done something, right? And really kind of embraced it. Maybe you might've been bouncing around a little bit, trying to figure it out, but you also had some idea of something next, right? But I guess it also helps maybe to kind of say, okay, what would have happened these 25 years had I stayed in, in your case in Russia, like I how would that, that. Yeah, I how would, I would I be able to do the same thing? Probably today's uh, Russia? 99% not right. because it's a whole different lifetime. Like I like, it's a whole different structure in there. System so, and everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Here it's like, Oh, I don't like this job. Okay. Let me go get the training and I'll do this job. Oh, yeah. I don't like this job. Let me go to college and I'll do this job. We have much more right. opportunity and, and things to do here. And yeah. it's, it's, it's doable. Yeah. And but the thing the that you, thing the, you the really to... important thing that you said is, is you are always kind of, you are always kind of setting a goal and also realizing what you had to do yes. in order to make it happen. Yes. Some people stay in college forever. I'm in college right now. So, but I haven't been in forever, but like, you know, that's the key. That's the key, right? There's the opportunity out there, but you have to take the steps to make it happen. Right. And um, I'm always like to surround myself uh, with like successful people, other successful people, uh, even though I never like have a coach to coach me. But I would look up into them or read the books or like even follow on Instagram, like anything to do, like how other people do it. So it's possible. Like, how are they thinking? What's the thought process? Um, Every entrepreneur, every business owner, every rich person, like they started somewhere and like, you know, you're learning and you're moving forward. And like, I never met successful person that would be sitting all day working a regular job nine to five and watching Netflix uh, till two o'clock in the morning. Like I never met somebody like that. So you have to plan it, achieve it. If you talk to me, for example, like even like 10 years ago, my own confidence level was much, much low. Like Mm -hmm. I was more shy uh, for, uh, my English, even though I did learn how to speak English, but I had much more thicker accent and I was kind of like, you know, self, um, conscious about it, like mm-hmm. what people's going to say, but for me to like move forward and do something, achieve something, it was like, it was a challenge, but mm-hmm. when you achieve something and it's like, it happens you get excited. And then it's like, and that's how you build your confidence level when totally. you get to certain levels. 100%. 100%. So 
I just came back from Vegas uh, last week. Mm-hmm. So for the first time, I got invited to a big beauty show uh, that happened in Vegas once a year. Mm-hmm. And I got invited to teach a class to oh, 100 estheticians. So, I mean, I do coaching and teach, but not to like that extent, like 100 mm-hmm. people. So yeah. first I was like, oh, my God, yes. I said yes. And then I'm thinking, I'm like, <laughs> what did I just do? <laughs> so, How'd you do? Uh, I got there. I had like butterflies and like my legs are shaking and my I'm sweating and I'm trying to remember not to forget how to speak English on that stage, you know, like especially when I turn around when they introduced me and I came on stage and everybody's like looking at me. It's like it, it's such a feeling. It's scary. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and especially doing that first time, like, oh, my God, I think I need a, like a drink or something before I get there. <laughs> But after maybe like five minutes or so, we had the open conversation. So those estheticians start asking me questions like about my business, what I do here and there. And I felt like the the whole anxiety went away because they were looking at me like like an expert, like somebody to look look up to and like like as a like a leader. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm always looking on someone like this as an inspiring person. And now they're looking at me to inspire them and give them some help and courage and push to do good. That's awesome. So I I feel so good when it's like I turn kind of like a little different brain about it, not just like, oh, look at me. I'm like so scared to talk. So it's just a whole different, amazing experience. Yeah. Did you get did you get did you get the, the juice from that? Do you want to get on more stages now? Uh, well, don't rush me to it. So let's process this. Yes. That's <laughs> yes. awesome. Um, probably I did get offer, not an offer yet, but, um, well, uh, ask a question if I would like to speak on, uh, the TED show. Mm, um, so I just, uh, but it's a long process to get there to practice and stuff. I don't know. We just, we just like literally talk about it, like maybe a week ago. That's so cool. who knows? Um, That's so great. Yeah, opportunities. I love opportunities. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, for people who are interested in learning about your coaching program, how can they get in touch with you? It's very easy. It's just my name, lanaivanov.com. So you don't have to search for fancy names or anything. <laughs> and I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. If you just search Lana Ivanov, like I think after 12 years, I'm everywhere and very easy to find. Um, and if you can list my website or in my phone number, um, I'm a natural person, very easy to connect. And I love helping everybody too. So fantastic. This has been amazing, honestly, hearing your story and just Thank really um, it's very inspirational and and. There's a lot of people that could have your story too. Just very simply, even if they, like I said, even if they spent half of the time bouncing around and just kind of learned a little bit, even if they're not estheticians, but but exactly. in particular, just kind of the stuff that's kind of related to what you do, you know, they like could stop be- Stop overthinking and yeah. like jump, just do something like, even if it's maybe it will be some a loss, at least you learn from it. And then the next thing will be much better. Yeah. But we tend to overthink sometimes and make it things more complicated than they really are. And if I wouldn't make that crazy decision that like 12 years ago, who knows? I would probably never be here. So, 
Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm, I'm glad that we got a chance to chat. And, yes, it was um, my pleasure. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Thank you, thank you guys. Bye-bye. Have a good night. 10X for Gen XYZ is hosted by Zach Winner and Marcadere Rios, co-founders of Prosperity CRE, a commercial real estate investment firm committed to providing its investors with ongoing cash flow and building long-term wealth. If you like the podcast, please give us a positive rating and subscribe to be notified about future content. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our approach to real estate investing, you can download a free copy of our real estate investment book, Investing for Cashflow and Long-Term Wealth, by clicking the link in the show notes below. Thank you and stay tuned for our upcoming episodes.